This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Jason Liberty, CFO of World Caribbean Cruises Limited, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 381. I mean, let, 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 let's try and take a, an, ex, an example, uh, right? So what, what you would typically see is that you have a CFO or senior finance leader that wants to change something. So let's say that uh, they have too many uh, finance uh, people sitting in, uh, in, in their onshore finance department, so they want to do some offshoring to get some cost benefit. Uh, and then they also want to increase the impact that the finance people in the office actually have. Um, and, and what do they then do? Well, first they would maybe try to write up some sort of, uh, uh, even they something called a vision of where they want to be in three to five years. They need someone that can come in and say, hey, you know, based on my experience in terms of where the finance function is going, this makes sense, or you need to tweak here, you need to do that instead. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. I'm Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Anners Lou Lindbergh, Head of Global Finance PMO for Marisk of Denmark. Anners is responsible for helping drive the transformation of finance inside Marisk today. We explore his role as well as his outward-looking ways involving blogging and social media. We begin after these words from our sponsor. Just as a house needs a good foundation, your business needs a solid technology foundation. At Workday, a different approach to finance technology is giving growing mid-size organizations a distinct advantage. Workday's flexible architecture means that when business conditions change, finance can easily make changes to business processes. To learn more about how a finance system from Workday supports mid-size organizations from the ground up, visit us at Workday.com. Workday, built for the future. Hello, we're speaking to Anners Lou Lindbergh, head of global finance PMO for Marisk of Denmark. Now, PMO stands for the program management office at Marisk, uh, and Anders has a unique role there, and it's what led us to ask him to join us for this episode. Anders, welcome. Thanks a lot, Jack. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Well, Anders, I think our listeners will find the strategic role you're now playing at Marisk pretty interesting, and uh how that role is, in some respects, outward-facing today, and that involves how you're leveraging content and social media in some pretty innovative fashion, and um, why this is an important part of the job. But let's start by asking you to first tell us a little bit about yourself and your career to date. Absolutely, Jack. So, so let me start with the traditional part of it, which is to say I've spent 11 years in Merck, in various finance roles, uh, mostly in Denmark, 
but also in, uh, in, in the States. I spent uh, two and a half years in, in Houston as well. And I've spent my time here in various controller roles uh, as a finance manager in, in, in the States, as a business partner back in Denmark again. And now I've, I've landed myself in this uh, role as head of the global finance uh, PMO, which is project, program management office, uh, which essentially means that I help uh, the CFOs of our company uh, develop functional strategies for how to develop finance and uh, various projects related to that. Um, so it's a kind of strategic role, but also operational when it comes to a few, a few projects. So that's sort of the traditional part of, uh, of my story. If you look at the more, you can say, unique parts, it is that I'm a finance blogger for, for more than five years. Uh, today, actually, I'll be publishing my 200th blog post on LinkedIn about everything that is related to, to finance. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's pretty unique and exciting in itself, I guess you can say. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm doing it is really just to, to talk about where's the, where's the finance function heading and what should the professionals in the finance function do with themselves when a robot comes to take their job or uh, the business develops in a different direction. So, so it's really to talk about these issues that every finance professional is thinking about, but not too many are actually writing or talking about it. And then uh, another aspect is that uh, I'm the co-founder of the Business Partner Institute, which is going live here in, uh, in, in, in March, where we aim to help companies improve their business partnering efforts uh, what, in whatever shape or form it might be, so that they can help uh, their business partners create more value. Now, are you a, would you uh, describe yourself in any way as an internal consultant or an embedded consulting organization? To some extent, yes, but, but there's also a lot of execution in, in, involved in it, you can say. Uh, so, so it is to some extent a, a luxury to have the, this kind of role. Uh, so you probably typically only find it in, in large organizations. But it doesn't mean that even in, in, in mid-sized organizations that they wouldn't need the, the skills and competences to, to get it. And that they can typically also get from some senior consultants from, from the outside. Okay. Uh, but you are an insider. And in my mind, you're sort of this, this sort of coveted resource that so many CFOs uh, would want to have if they're charged with uh, transforming finance or driving change. Um, but I want to understand better how you operate in this role. What can you illustrate it for us? Let's say, uh, I mean, let, 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 let's try and take a, an, ex an example, uh, right? So what, what you would typically see is that you have a CFO or senior finance leader that wants to change something. Then, uh, of course, they can go about changing that in various different ways. But typically, give then, me an example. Give yeah, me an example right. of what so, they might like to change. So let's say that uh, they have too many uh, finance uh, people sitting in, uh, in, in in their onshore finance department, so they want to do some offshoring to get some cost benefit, uh, and then they also want to increase the impact that the finance people in the office actually have. Uh, and and what do they then do? Well, first they would maybe try to write up some sort of. Uh, uh, even, let's even call it a vision of where they want to be in three to five years. Um, and when writing up that vision, typically they are quite, quite alone in doing that because it can mean a lot of groundbreaking changes to, to their finance function. So they need someone, 
And of course, that can be another senior finance leader at a, at a, at a step down in the organization, but they need someone that can come in and say, hey, you know, based on my experience in terms of where's the finance function going, this makes sense, or you need to tweak here, or you need to do that instead. Um, so they need strategic input on their vision. That's the step number one. Then they need to help translate the vision into some sort of a plan. There, of course, they can typically involve a few more team members, but then they need someone to come in and facilitate it, because if they just sit with themselves, uh, they, they don't get the challenge necessarily that, that they need to really come up with this plan. So I could be standing there in, in, a, in a workshop where we have the vision, and I read through the vision and I say, okay, well, here are maybe 20 different milestones that you want to achieve in the next three to five years. Is that correctly understood that this is the one you want to achieve and it's in these specific areas? Uh, if, if that's the case, then how do we, how do we get to that point? And then I would leverage their knowledge about where's their specific finance function, what kind of challenges and opportunities do they have? And then we would put that on the board and say, okay, well, these 20 milestones uh, equals to these uh, 15 uh, projects. Let's now look at these 15 projects and say, okay, well, what's the impact that they are going to create and what's the effort that it will take to, to deliver them? And for those that don't create a lot of impact or require too much effort versus the impact, we take them out. And again, I will be facilitating this process. So uh, at the at the end of, of, of this work here, they'll be standing with a plan to get them to deliver the, the vision, which then should be rolled out to the large organization. Here, again, they need someone that can help them tailor the, the communication. So how do we actually do it? And of course, that could be a communication professional and not me, but definitely I would also uh, come in with, with my insights here. Uh, so they communicate out this... Uh, this, this plan to the wider finance team. And then, of course, they need to start executing on it, right? Then they need someone to keep them on an operating rhythm, to stay in touch with the project managers that they have on the various projects, uh, and, and then make sure to clear out any roadblocks in case something uh, something pops up. And again, here I will play that role and set up a, a standard operating cycle for how to do it, uh, stay in dialogue with project managers, uh, sit down with them to understand in detail what are they doing and so forth, so that the CFO doesn't have to be involved in all the details. Of course, uh, he or she would like regular updates, but they wouldn't necessarily want to understand all the details uh, so that they can then delegate to, to, to someone like me. And then, of course, it's just about delivering, and at some point, you deliver some projects and you move on to the next one. So there, again, the strategic cycle pops up again and say, well, now we've delivered these five projects. It got us to, let's say, 30% of the way. What do we need to get the rest 60%? And then you can, again, come in with advice in terms of, what initiatives, what projects do you need to, uh, to take to, to get there? Now, I, I mentioned content up front because I know you uh, are visible at uh, quite a number of conferences. You blog. Um, how does this outward-facing type of content that you push out there contribute to what you're up to at Mars? Well, you can say that, that through my, my going to conferences, my doing blogging, and, and, and all the other things that I'm doing, it's sort of, you can say, it's practical field research, right? So I, so I put thoughts out there, and it could be MERSC, or it could just be my own thoughts. I put them out there, see what's the response rate to, to, to whatever we do. Like, let me give you an example. So I was in, in London in the beginning of uh, March, presenting at, uh, at, at one summit, and I brought a, a framework for how we do business partnering in MERSC, and it's like a, it's a huge poster, so I put that on the wall, 
And then I was presenting to this uh, crowd of uh, senior finance leaders in, from very well-respected companies about how we do business partnering. And by all means, they are all doing business partnering and they are probably all also great at it. But when we then discuss this poster, uh, I'm doing practical field research into the fact, is this poster you know, state of the art? Is it in the middle of the pack or where is it? And then I can come back and say, well, this poster, this framework that we have, it is state of the art. Right? And, but if they had said, we've already done this poster two years ago, you know, what, why are you only doing that now? I would say, well, okay, we are behind, we need to do more. So it, you can say research probably not, but it's definitely going out there and seeing what other companies doing and, and how are the finance professionals reacting to, to what we've done at Maersk. So you're getting insight in real time when someone raises their hand and tells you, you know, that you're three years ahead of where they are or three years behind, that's all, that's sort of what you're saying. It's that instant reaction of the audience, the people who approach you when you step off the podium and, and, and share with you what they're up to, um, that you become sort of this lightning rod type, type of individual. Yeah, absolutely. But then, I mean, it could also develop into uh, to all, to the discussions afterwards where I would then pick up the torch with individual companies to say, they, hey, you know, we met at this uh, this, this conference. Uh, why don't we talk about what you're doing? Or someone saw me at a conference and they might connect me with someone else in their company who is actually working with exactly what I was talking about. And then we have those dialogues uh, uh, on, on the side. And then we continue, of course, to, to learn from each other. So I see very much that as part of my role to uh, to, to, to be out in the public space uh, of finance functions to figure out what our company is doing so that I can bring that uh, strategic insight back to uh, back to the CFOs. I mean, if I was not doing that, if I was just internally focused on what we're doing at MERS, then how would I be able to bring about any different insights than what we can gather? When it comes to uh, finance transformation, and I've read this in your blogs, you're, you're fond of saying finance is doing a lot of things right, but not necessarily the right things. What are you getting at there? Yeah, so you can say from a transformation perspective, there's been a lot of transformation of the finance function over the past 10, 20 years even, but a lot of it has been focused on taking cost out. So doing offshoring or outsourcing to, to low-cost countries. And for most part, that has been, been, been good in the sense that the finance function has become cheaper, but it hasn't really made it more effective, right? So, so we are still doing the same things. We are just doing it in a cheaper way. And then the business come and say, well, you know, you're not really supporting me with any uh, analysis. You're not really helping me understand what, what choices and decisions I should make. Why can't you do that? And that, of course, then spurs the conversation to say, okay, so what should we be doing different in finance? What are, what are the right things to do nowadays? And that is exactly taking this view that, okay, someone in a global business service center or a shared service center somewhere produces some numbers, some data for us. We can then take that data, the numbers, and turn that information into insights that we take to the business and discuss those insights with the business. And then together through this discussion, we come up with a recommendation or a decision, and then we help the business drive and execute on those decisions. Uh, so that is, that is fundamentally different than sitting and preparing data and, and forecasting and some analysis, and then just send it off in an email and hope that someone acts on it. 
So. Now, this would seem to be a great role for uh, future transformational CFOs to have on their resume. Um, is there some advice you'd offer to aspiring CFOs as far as uh, taking on a role like this on their uh, climb upward? Uh, well, I think you know if, if I should just give a give, give a bit of advice to to at least the expi aspiring finance professionals out there. I'm not sure I should, should go as far as give advice to to all the CFOs, but uh, if, if you want to so to speak step into a role like like this uh, or be able to offer similar kind of guidance to to your senior finance leaders, then you cannot do it from behind your desk. You cannot do it only from within your your company. You have to go out there and explore what is what is going on, right? You have to go out there and be willing to talk to other people, network with other companies, and figure out what they're doing. And then don't be uh, don't be uh, shy about maybe putting some thoughts out there in terms of what do you think, because it's only when you do that you see how other people react. And if you have a thought that you really want to push to your CFO but actually the CFO thinks it's rubbish, it's probably better just to test it a bit first with uh, with a few other people. Um, and that's that's how I validate all my own uh, thinking, because if I only just think for myself, probably I would be wrong more than half of the time. And this is what you do in social media, which I see frequently, which is pose a question, you know, make a statement and then pose a question to the audience out there to have them react. And in a way, again, that's you doing research all along the, all along the way. Absolutely, and and because you cannot do this on your own. I mean, yes, we can all be brilliant people in our own minds, but it's only when we start to collaborate and engage with others that become much, much, much better. Uh, so, so that would be my advice to all finance professionals to, to, to really make this a you can always call almost call it a a must-win battle for yourself. That you 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 find out more about what's going on in the profession of finance. Uh, so that you can become better better at your job and provide more insights either to the CFO or to other business stakeholders. Uh, I think that would, uh, that would help you a lot. Okay, we've been speaking to Anders Lou Lindbergh, Head of Global Finance PMO at Maersk of Denmark. Anders, thank you. Thank you, Jack. Hey, Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have advice from two different CFOs for you. After this message from our sponsor, you want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Hi, welcome back. As promised, we have career-building advice from two different CFOs now. Our first CFO is Debbie Reese, now CFO of the Centera Group of Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Here's what Debbie shared with us. The one thing, if someone said, you know, what's the personal habit that's kind of brought you 
to where you are today, I would have to say that habit is attitude. And and I learned a lesson early in my career. Uh, I was doing a summer internship with a local water authority, and um, I spent the summer there, and I worked on a bunch of little projects, um, reconciling 401k plans, and and kind of working on these special projects that you know no one wanted to touch. That was you know, they were much like you know a knotting a ball of yarn. Um, and at the end of the summer. The controller of the water authority said, "You know, you've done a great job here." And I said, "Well, wow, I don't feel like I've done a great job. I feel like,、um, you know, I just don't feel like I accomplished as much as I wanted to accomplish." And at that point, he said, "No, you know, you've got a great attitude. You dig in.、Um, you're very positive about what you're doing, and, and that will carry you a long way." And you know, that was a number of years ago, but I always remember it. And、uh, you know, I I try to find that I try to maintain a positive attitude. You know, I try to be a Realist, but I found that if you, if you have a positive attitude and a positive energy,、uh, really helps you working with the other, you know, with with your teammates in the long run. Bill Kinesi. Bill was the CFO of Angus Industries. For nearly thirteen、uh, years, from 2000 to 2013, he was also on the IMA Board of Directors、uh, on the Accounting Standards for Privately Held Firms, where he was active for a number of years. In an earlier episode, he offered us some advice on mentoring. Here's Bill. I wish that I had had a mentor. First of all, I'll tell you, I didn't have a mentor in my career. I had examples, but、uh, a mentoring relationship is a little different.、Uh, as somebody who oversaw an accounting department,、uh, I believe my role was to be as much of a mentor as possible. But what I wish. Somebody had said to me is what I would say to all those people I dealt with through the years. I don't want you to reach the point ten years from now when you look back and say, you know, if somebody had paid a little bit more attention to me, my career would be further along than it is now. So I would sit down with those people that I worked with and say, okay, here's here's really what I see you doing. Look for a certification. Get additional coursework in this. Can we get you into a little different role in the organization?、Uh, you know, a lot of people that I worked with said, "Well, I view my job as as doing this," and my response would be, "Well, that's your current role.、Uh, your job is to make a contribution to the company and to beef up your skills portfolio. You're better for the company, and if you choose to leave the company." You have better prospects somewhere else if you do that. So the pieces of advice I would offer are expand that role, do whatever else you can do, collaborate with other departments, get a better look at the business as a whole, while continuing continuing to keep your financial and accounting skills strong. I'm Jack Sweeney for CFO Thought Leader. Thank you for listening.
Thank you for listening. And don't forget, Thought Leader listeners, you can now go premium at cfothoughtleader.com.